0: protective insight podcast putting the you in human hey hey good evening good afternoon good morning whatever time it is wherever you are Um, welcome back to another episode of the protective insight podcast thank you for tuning in Thank you for stopping by. Um, we have a uh, we have a, a rather special, uh, uh, although I could be accused of bias because I say that every time we get a a genius in to come and share their knowledge with us, um, but we have a very special uh, interview to go over uh, uh, with you guys today. A uh, Constantine. Uh, of, of uh, Sentinel Security Plus is in to share his, his boundless knowledge with us all. But I believe you guys have been friends for a good long while beforehand. Isn't that right, Jim?
1: Yeah, we, we met a few years ago um, when we helped sponsor Byron's, Byron Rogers Symposium in Miami. Yes. So uh, opportunity down there, I got to come across Constantine, came down with his uh, crew from Canada, they did a lot of videography, and we're taking a lot of stuff and interviewing uh, the different guests and patrons there. And we had a few opportunities between sets and things with people around to actually chat and just getting to listen to him, the guys with his team. He brought Steve Somerville down. Um, a lot of these guys just have a ton of extensive knowledge and experience in the security realm. Uh, Their passion and inspiration for for what they do of upping the standards and bringing the quality to security, you know, and enhancing that is phenomenal. And then not only on top of that, I mean, he he does his own podcast. So I'm happy to have him here on the other side of the microphone because uh, I had the opportunity to be on the opposite side of this for like a mini type version when we were in Vegas at the Close Protection Conference this last year and just saw an opportunity with us having this here to really get to talk to him, pick his brain, um, uh, how they started, what they're doing, because they're really doing some amazing stuff. They've launched the arena up there as well in Canada, which helps with people that are inspiring to go from the security sector into law enforcement. They've created this phenomenal training area to help get people qualified, uh, work through the interview process. It's just something that I've been wanting to see here in the States for a very long time and I've never seen it. So. I want to find out more about that magic what they did. So, <laughs> I would say without without further ado, let's get Constantine on here and uh, get this get this party started. <laughs>
0: there he is. Welcome sir. Thank you for yes. thank you for sharing your time with us. Thank you. Thank you. How are you guys doing today?
1: Uh, very well. Oh, I uh, very, very well. Can't complain, you know, trying trying to squeeze it in while we're working, you know, how it is we're, we're in the field <laughs> operating and moving around, so I Juggling many things, but uh, I know you're just oh, as man, busy man. with the stuff you guys have going on. So I would say, man, just, just to start, Constantine, you know, I, I've know, known you guys for the last couple of years, and it's just a, a growing professional, personal friendship. I I just want to keep continuing. You guys are phenomenal. But for those that maybe haven't had a chance to catch, you know, Sentinel Security or the, the Sentinel uh, Mindset podcast or even have heard of the arena yet, can you just dive into a little bit of what those are, um, what you guys are doing, what the vision is for that, and just give us like a little taster of the multiple facets that you guys are working in up there in Canada. You
2: no, know, for sure. Look, 100%, guys, thank you very much for having me on your show. It's an absolute honor. And uh, yeah, so look, for myself, I guess the best way to start it all off is that, um, you know when we entered into this realm of the protector's world, Um, it it came in from my end as a a deep passion to fix something that I found was broken in Canada. And uh, if you look at security as a whole, I know this happens all countries around the world. Um, You know, there's a lot of people that take it very seriously. And there's a lot of people that don't. And the ones that don't are usually looking to do something as a business to make it profitable. And they lead by that. The reason why I love the legitimate players in the game is because they're doing it because there is this protector DNA from within that is pushing them to help others. And that is the theme of everything that we do. Everything that we do, when I start talking about the Sentinel mindset, about the arena, about Sentinel security, all our companies, everything that we're doing has one common tie-in and that is we're doing it to help, to help others. That is, that is the reason, that is the, the motivation, that is the drive, that is why I wake up in the morning, that is what leads me when I'm frustrated, when I'm down. It's just to remember that the work that we're doing is purposeful driven work. So my background is not security. My background is not like high level executive protection. My background is social work. And I came into the industry um, completely by accident in 2009. Uh, the city of Toronto, uh, which is who I worked for as a social worker, went on strike. And the strike was one of the longest strikes in city history. It was 42 days. We did not know it was going to be that long, but we were told that it was going to be long and start getting ready. So because I wanted to always be a cop, and I never got into doing that because I got in as a social worker by accident, I uh, I had my security license. So I started to apply to many different environments. I, I started to apply to like corporate entities to clubs, bars, to commercial, whatever that is. And the one thing that I recognized from Canada, point of view from Toronto, that every place that I worked at, there was no standard. People were dressed however they wanted to dress. There was no training. Communication was terrible. The word body, uh, not bodyguard, bouncer was things that I kept getting exposed to. And because my background's corporate, I thought, how can we do something different to change the game to actually be a value service, bringing in that corporate tie-in. And I approached one of the companies that I was working for at that time. And I said, do you have any issues if I come in and I just bring a little bit of my corporate background to what you're doing? And he agreed to it. And then slowly, 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 we started to bring in clients. But then very quickly, the clients were being lost. Just as fast as they were coming in, like, why? Well, the people, right? The product, the people now, were not living up to the standard. They didn't have the training, they didn't have the the, the the passion. It was just a job. And so we started to change that and started to hire people that wanted to do what we were doing, that had that little protector from within. And we started to build the company slowly, slowly, slowly to what it is today, where we've become like a household name in Canada, working with Fortune 500 companies, specializing in executive protection and hospitality in the events industry. That's where we've kind of created our mark I really much enjoy that sector, and the newest thing that we brought on was healthcare. But again, everything that we've done to this point has had that one clear focus, and that's helping others. And I love a quote by Simon Sinek. He says, "Don't do business with people that want what you have, but do business with people that believe what you believe." And for us, that is how we move. We understand why a lot of the pitfalls and why the issues happen in security, and why. Some people don't even respect it. It's because of how it's presented and how it's pushed in. So I always want to make sure that I look for clients that buy into what we do, that respect what we do, so we can have a good relationship. The Sentinel Mindset now, that was a, uh, a passion project that I had uh, that did not come out as the Sentinel Mindset. It came out as a show called Standing in the Six. The Six is another word for uh, for uh, basically the sixth boroughs of toronto or the gta the greater toronto area it's a it's a it's a phrase that drake also coined very much made it popular so we had a podcast that would talk to basically anything from wwe ufc fighters investors but we found that it wasn't connecting like we weren't just getting anything with with that flow so my wife said to me why don't you do something about your industry and I'm like, what are we going to talk about? What, what, what are we going to talk about that's going to make interesting? Anyways, she's kind of planted the seed. And since we've put out the podcast, which is now we're, we're at about 105 episodes right now going into it. But since we've put it out, it's geared to the law enforcement, protectors, security, anything in that realm. And it's all about the mindset of an individual, how they can elevate their game. And it is focused to those target areas, but anyone can listen and tap into it. And since we've done it, guys, I will say this, I'm not doing it to market the company. I'm not doing it to make it go viral and make money. I'm doing it because I'm passionate about it. But since we've done it, we've seen so much business fly in because of that. Because what we're doing is kind of just showcasing, giving the public a glimpse in the door of what we do. And, and it's been amazing. And and uh, it's, a, it's a big tool. The purpose behind it was to give our people in our organization uh, a lot of like coaching styles, a lot of like le- elevated mindset styles. We're all going to go through our days where we're going to have a bad day. And, and we thought, let's put out content that would help them. Right. So that's how the mindset and the arena came into place. Again, I'm always finding uh, a need for something. When COVID kicked in, in 2020, yeah. our workforce got decimated. Like it got decimated completely. So uh, uh, 40 to 50% of our incredible, incredible sentinels, they moved on. And you may have noticed that this was a problem happening over the entire world where everyone was having a problem finding people, right? So in order for us to be able to attract a good amount of qualified uh, individual, we came up with this concept where we would... Um, Because so many people come to us that want to be police officers. Like I'm talking, it's the number one reason why people come to us. They want to get that experience. I mean, executive protection is also in there, but it's more people wanting to pursue policing. We designed a program in our organization to help people get advanced training, get advanced work sites where they can test their training. And a lot of our people that want to be cops were also failing the physical portion of it. So we created a facility now. That can help people get ready to get into their career objective goals in law enforcement. And we've embraced that we may only have them for a short time. We may only have them for a year. We may only have them for two years. But if we're part of their journey and we can successfully help them get to that next level, it creates a circle feed back into the company. If people wanted to come to us, which means that we're gonna get a higher qualified, higher level, motivated individual that wants to demonstrate to them, to us, that they can also do what it, you know, do what they have to do to get to that next level, which means our level of service has gone up. So it was created as an add value piece for our people. That we've opened it up to the public now, and again, all three what they all have in common it's to help others. And the last thing I'll say because I know I've talked your ears off right now for the last uh, three minutes or so, I love it. <laughs> is because because I lead because I lead our organization by passion by empathy, by helping others. Um, And because I don't lead our company by profits, by business, I'll have our VP come in to me and say, did you guys see what we did for the month of July? And I'll be like, no, I have no idea. And the reality is I'm not focused about profits. I'm not focused about creating this immense wealth so I can retire on a beach in Tahiti. What I'm focused on about is how much impact we can make in someone's life And because of that, we have been blessed. Our organization has been blessed beyond measure. We have amazing people. The companies are doing well. We're getting exposure, but we're continuing the mission statement is to help others. And that's really what it's all about.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't even (laughs) summarize that more. is to get people like you on here. Other people in there that we have connected with and are trusted that have that passion and drive because for us, it's the same thing. This isn't about business. This is like imparting knowledge, wisdom, experience, getting people connected to the right people, helping them solve problems. And I think, I forget who said the quote, but there's a great quote years ago was, you know, what if we train them and they leave? And the response was, well, what if we don't train them and, and they stay? You know, so many people Mm -hmm. get hemmed up on that, you know, Mm -hmm. so that and and I can't emphasize that enough that that's the key thing that that I I see is putting the people first, making it about your people. Then we've said this in a few episodes when you you take care of your people, the welfare of your people, the mission will get, you know, get accomplished. The bills will get paid. Your business will become profitable. But if you don't take care of the people, you don't really have a business to stand on, because if you're just focused on that bottom line and that dollar to be made. You'll be out of business quick. So my, my other question would be for you, Constantine, because it's a very common theme here in the U.S. too. And we have that in stigma England. when it comes to like the, the uniform, you know, security and stuff. You have get some guys that, say, transition out of the military. We get a lot of retired, you know, cops that come into the private security industry looking and you get a good percentage that get in because that is their entry level step, right? They, they're looking for that private security experience that's going to get them into a law enforcement career or advance them somewhere else down the line. But how do we how do we find those people? Because you know, I'm seeing since COVID, like we we're not being able to find the quality that we once could find or expect. Attitudes have been different of people coming into the industry, the expectations, and then like you also said too getting rid of that stigma when it comes to talking with the clients because there's so many huge companies at least here in the US that will drive quality down you know they'll go in there and bid on a contract and get it at the lowest dollar amount and then they they staff it with people that that don't need to be wearing the uniform or working it so it continues to negate any positive of the the small groups that are trying to push like you're doing to break through that and go no look this is this is what it is you want quality people you're going to pay this quality price for it because there's a level and a standard we're looking to maintain i'm not going to drop and compete with these guys at the bottom of the barrel you know how do we find that connection too right not only for those people but other business owners to say hey let's not race to the bottom we should be standing unified together and raising the standard up like we shouldn't be so quick to you know drop to the bottom no look i'm a big advocate of
2: Like companies in the industry uniting and working together. Like, I I preach on that all the time. I put podcasts on that all the time. Like, let's find a way to work together to elevate the industry. The problem is that you have a lot of companies and owners that don't buy into that. Like, I'll give an example. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll say this my partner, he doesn't think the same way I do. And we were under the same roof, we're under the same company. He, He will look at everything more from like how I, kind of despise which is more or less the, the the mentality of of profits and let's take on that contract how many should they need 300 guards no problem 300 wait a second hold on a second here 300 guards are they all going to be qualified are they all going to have training are they all going to have exactly what the client is expecting from the brand if the answer is not a 150 percent yes we should not even be looking at that right but i hear this all the time people will say this I, I've had people in the industries tell me always say yes, always say yes to everything. I don't buy into that philosophy. No. I need to make sure. Imagine, imagine, imagine you are Best Buy, or you're a you're a a phone supplier, and you have a, a product called an iPhone that is extremely popular, and you have to be able to provide two hundred iPhones to the Best Buy locations across New York all the best buyers are going to expect that their iPhones are going to have Siri, that they're going to have basically a, an app called iTunes, that they're going to have the So they're going to expect that because that's what they're buying, right? Mm. If you can't deliver that, you're going to quickly go under. The problem is that because you have a, a system where it's led by that motive of profits only and forget the training, forget the caliber. Uh, I know some mega companies, and I mean mega companies, I'm talking about the billion dollar companies, that they have built into their business plan that they will lose the contract 100% within one to three years, it will happen. And they have another team in place that their sole job is to make sure that they have a replacement for when that thing gets lost. Keep in mind, they're already assuming that they're gonna lose the business because of how bad their quality is, but they're a billion dollar company. So somebody might say, well, they're doing something right. Well, depends who you are, right? is so, so to me, this is the reason why it's like a catch 22. It's hard to kind of like uh, penetrate that message when you do have the wealth of billions because of what you're doing, right? But this is why I say a lot of the work that we do is purposeful work. And the goal is that everyone stays and doesn't lose that, you know, that, that, that desire and that bug that you have, you don't wanna lose that because then it'll turn into that. And that's where compromise happens. That's where mistakes happen. And that, that's how I look at it from a competition perspective. But how do we find good people? Like you guys, we work with hundreds and hundreds of other competitors. And everyone offers something different. We've always been uh, of the mindset to hire good people, pay them well, and expect a lot. So for us, in order for us to have any client, we have to make sure that the client works with us and has the same views and same philosophies of security. If not, they're going to want to pay for the lowest amount because they don't value security. They don't yeah. value that. And keep in mind, security is turning into now like an insurance thing. Oh, let's just having Security just for the purposes of insurance. No, this is someone that's going to put his life on the line for you potentially, and or help your environment. This is what security is, but it gets it gets cheapened, and and it makes it it makes it it just it wrecks the industry, right? So the reason why I say that is because. You know, a client has to, first of all, tie into your philosophy. So for us, we look for that client. And if that client pays what we're going to provide, then I can now start finding people to work for us that I can pay well. That's where the whole pay them well expect a lot. So for me, I've turned down so much business and I'm talking about a substantial amount of business that if somebody else, if I was to turn away that business and give it to like, let's say Bob, the, the, the made up business out there, he would probably be a millionaire. Based on the amount of business that we've turned away. But the reason why we've turned it away is because it's not impactful to us. It's not helping us push on the message of help others. It's not able to allow us to compensate our people properly. And, and it doesn't allow us just to work together in, in, in a joint relationship piece that we can see win results. So we're able to attract good talent just from a pay scale. Because we pay our people higher than what most companies will pay their employees here. Um, And and we're we're paying much attention to that. The world is getting more expensive now more than ever before. So it's even more of a reason why now you gotta look to get those rates pumped up for people. So that's one thing. The second thing is we offer a lot of free things to our employees so they find add value and do what they do with us. So for example, we provide free Brazilian jiu-jitsu days where our team will come in and they will work together and train together build that culture and the camaraderie. We provide a lot of uh, workshops and environments where we'll, we'll, we'll invite police services to come down and we'll have like an interaction conversation. We'll have a gym open where we can do like some physical fitness stuff together. We do a lot of things so the community is built strongly. And I'll tell you this guys, one of the biggest biggest wins that we have, the, the, the secret to our success, if I can share something right now, is that we pay a lot of attention On our culture. That to me is everything. If you're able to have people that enjoy what they do, that have purpose, that want to give, it all comes down to how you lead them, which is why we're very big fans of servant leadership, right? Which we hear a lot about in the military, the servant leadership. A lot of that, guys, comes from love. That's where that's built from. Like if you ask the military, the number one reason why they have such tight chemistry, why they have each other's backs, the number one key word that comes up is from love. And if that, somebody might be like, think about your your, your true alpha military be like love, what are you guys talking about love here right now? Like, it's supposed to be like a, you know what I mean? But yeah. that's truly the essence that we all are born into love, right? That's true, the true, the essence of the quality that you feel. So for us, if we can tap into that and bring that to our people and connect with them and show them that we truly care, we truly wanna see them win, and we work together, that in itself now um, becomes contagious where people want to seek to be part of an organization saying, I want to go to this company because this is how they treat their yeah. people. This is how they move. This is how they look at security. And that's been one of the reasons. And I, I've read books um, from Simon Sinek, which I am a huge fan of, that I highly uh, recommend anyone uh, to connect.
1: Uh, I think one of the best so. books we have written in the military is uh, Leaders Eat Last. And he did a whole big thing because it's based I off love of that how book. the Marine Corps, how we were in the Marine Corps, how we were taught leadership. And it's a really good breakdown of, of how it works and why it works.
2: <laughs> exactly. And I highly recommend that book to many people. I actually give that to my leadership. I actually buy boxes of those books, and I'll put them at the front of the room, and I'll have our leadership come in and get, guys, this is a book I want you guys to read. Anyone that wants it, grab it. And then I'll come out, and I'll see that there's like six books left. And only like two or three people got the book. But then I'll, I'll, I'll talk to the two or three people that read the book, and they have changed in their mindset of leadership. So, leadership is a huge piece to us winning, to helping with the staffing issues. Because when you hear this thing that managers don't quit their jobs, they quit their leaders or their supervisors, the managers, that is so true. I mean, unfortunately, we've had bad managers in our organization that didn't buy into what we do, and they um, left, our people left because of them. And that—that's a problem that happens globally. It's just a matter of recognizing it to address it. Yeah. So that's kind of a little yeah. bit of like how we—how we win, Jim.
1: Yeah. No, I was going to say that—that's a big thing because uh, that's one thing I touch on a lot of people when I'm teaching because I'm passionate about leadership and, and teaching aspects. Is you know, I tell people I was like, you—you you, you manage tasks, you lead people. You know, some people get to has and They—they they call themselves a manager, and then they—they they try to run their teams that are people like they're going through this checkbox list of things they have to do and that is just not how yes leadership is you know and one of the things i learned through the military and it transferred to my law enforcement even now to careers as you attain rank and become and get into those supervisory roles one you don't need the rank to be a leader you know and that's a big misconception we get like you don't you don't need a stripe you know in your uniform or a bar but i have to all the to time like the reason i move up in rank is not to chew down the chain of command, not to, you know, belittle it. Because I look at it as something were to happen and say, you're the boss, you know, uh, you know uh, Ben. And you come to me and say, hey, Jim, you know, one of your guys, you know, messed up. Well, immediately right there, I don't go down and, and chew out, which is what happens a lot of times and go after that person. I look at it and go, OK, for them to have messed up, there was a failure of leadership on my part. I need to find out what the root cause of that is. Now when I speak to them, I look at them with the solutions and I mentor and coach because for them to mess up, it's a failure of me as a leader. And the only thing I ever use my position for with that rank is to chew up to chain of the command, which is to fight for my people. It's never to chew down, you know, mm. that all those things. You know, things roll downhill and it's like, okay, they do, but it should stop with you, that frontline supervisor, that leader. And you should stop and mm. go, okay, this came down, this is what happened. We either need to do a, a look over to policy retrain on something maybe it's something missing reports maybe we touch on report writing in our next gift briefing but that's where it ends and it's a failure on us and we need to take ownership and accountability for those things and not put it on those people and that's just one of the things that, that i've seen is everyone like the managing aspect just drives me nuts because it's just you can't, you can't manage people and i love that that you're creating right. that culture because you're, you're creating that that quality and you hit it so uh eloquently earlier then people focus they, they they start off with this great vision with the quality but then they get those contracts like you're saying like hey it's 300 guys we do this and we can make this much profit well then all of a sudden something's got to give right for you to get that quantity quality's got to drop and then once you drop quality Absolutely. and you're able to load that it's it's staying true to your values, isn't it Constantine? Cause once you say like with anything, when you tell people with their, with their character traits, if you give up your integrity, if you give up any of these certain things and you give up any part of your values, once you jeopardize a value, you're never gonna get it back. And it just, now you further now just de- degraded that ability to do things. Now you're just gonna constantly just degrade that to where now your quality isn't even a talk anymore. Now you become one of those companies that just pumps out quantity of guards, May have a contract for a short time, make some money and lose it, and go to the next one, and that's for these big companies. And I never understood how they remain profitable just because the onboarding process, the cost to bring on a team. Yes. You know, I'd rather take the time, assess, evaluate, get the right team members, spend the money on them, and and they stay and continue to evolve than to constantly have a revolving door that I got to consistently now spend money to train and get them up to just a basic speed. That to me is just a terrible. Uh, process but i love the free bjj and yeah. and the thing is like so like law enforcement here we we tried things like that like i've had some great guys a bunch of us were defensive tactics instructors we would teach at the police academy and with our agencies and say look come in on a saturday we'll give you guys you know six hours of our time to free to go through advanced dt or jujitsu training we couldn't get anybody to come in to get people to come in on their day off or to give up some time or anything there and then you got agencies going well you know if you get injured and so so many guys won't they know they'll come out there and tell you i need to train i have to train society things are getting more dangerous however their willingness to short-term sacrifice i call it you know their time to keep a skill acquired that could potentially save their lives keep them safe or others for that they know that long-term gain a lot of guys won't won't do that that's that's a huge struggle here in the U.S. And even if we try doing that, because that's why I love what you guys are doing, because I see it and it's something like it, it's needed in so many different places. The, the U.S. is a huge one for it, but a lot of it is is you can have this culture and this mindset, but sometimes it's the people. It's that finding right. the ones with the right the right attitude, right? Because if your attitude is good and you have zero skill, I can teach you skills all day long. But if you come in, you got the crappy attitude, you can be the most skillful person in the world. But with a crappy attitude, you're not worth anything to me or the team. And I also can't teach you anything, you know, so it's like, where do we we grasp these people? And it seems like somewhere along the line, you guys have found that that magic seed, with you guys are doing, because you see it all the time. I've seen your interviews, your interviews on the podcast are great. I love how you bringing in people from all different aspects and experiences. Mindset is something Ben and I are just huge on when it comes to humans, because it is the human element, the human factors humans can make or break your business. So how in tune are you in with your humans, which seems like you guys are. I mean, the book recommendations. I mean, that stuff is all phenomenal. And um, mm-hmm. I'll jump it over here to you, Ben in a minute because like but it, this is a difference in different cultures, right? Because he puts books out there. people get them, they read them. I work for a particular agency, right? I became a liaison with the uh, the FBI Academy Online, right? Yeah. And it opened up the free courses for guys to take some really good training through the FBI's Online Academy for them. So I sent emails out to guys in the department. And was like, hey, look, I'm the liaison for this. Here's a course outline. You guys see any courses, email me back. I'll get you into it. And that's all I have to do. And I could register for, for free courses. Some of them are even college credits. I get called into the captain's office because multiple people wrote an email to the captain saying that I was sending them emails about training because I thought I was better than them, you know, and just created this whole outlook. I'm like, my mindset was, well, we're only as strong as our weakest link, and if I have the ability right. to help strengthen and build and raise the team, I'm sitting here thinking I'm doing a good thing. But I had so many people go behind my back thinking like this guy thinks he's better than us. He wants us to learn something. Right. He wants us to to train, and I'm like, wow, like this is really a process. And it happens in a lot of agencies around the world. I I can't, I just can't understand it. So how do we, you know, how do we get these breakthroughs? If you're there and your natural ambition is to help people make them better, how do you, you know, how are we getting them to, to see that, to get that value that you're offering them? Because that's a tremendous value. I mean, if, if I was close to you, I'd come work for you just for the fact that I can get to the gym and get some training. And, and there, you know, just the standard, it's it's phenomenal. So how how are you guys, I guess, you know, really, how, how are you staying consistent with finding that where it seems like I know for us on our end, it's almost impossible to even find, you know, five good people out of 50, you know, that, that you can pull thought, from I, I, that I, would have I'll share a story with you and to give an example of of what we look
2: how we look so a lot of people would assume listening that oh they must look for people that are in the industry or they must look for people that have experience um I don't a lot of our wins and our success are looking for people that are professionals in other areas or other industries but have a desire to help people so there's two things that I tell anyone coming into our organization. You must possess humility and, we, and you must be able to demonstrate work ethic. And if you can do those two things, you have my interest. I don't care if you have experience. I don't care how much, you know, gun uh, you know, sessions you've gone to. I don't, none of that impresses me. I just care for those two things. So I'm going to share a story right now. This actually happened, but it'll give you an understanding of how I look for how I look for uh, the person to represent the organization. So first of all, uh, as big as we are as an organization, we've got about two hundred plus people. We would call many would call us small based on that number, and I and I would agree with them. We are not needed. I would state that I've been involved in for the majority of every single person that represents the company, because the way I look at it is that, you know, back to you know, uh, the whole statement by Simon Sinek. You know don't you know look for someone that's looking for what you need but someone that believes what you believe i'm trying to see do you truly see it like i do okay so i interviewed one day Uh, i like doing by the way panel interviews i like having several people in the room and uh, i like to see because i i want the psychology to see their responses somebody might make a response and like oh my god this guy's like how can i even give an answer right now it's like it's like going on like x factor or these american idol shows and then you got to go up behind the guy that just sang the most incredible song in the world with the most incredible voice. And you gotta be like, I gotta match this guy now. So I like having interviews together in panels and just to kind of get, see how people's answers react from each other. And I interviewed a guy that was genuinely a farmer. Okay, his background had no security experience. He was just a farmer. Uh, Lifestyle of a farmer, we all know, they get up early in the morning, they have strong work ethic, Um, Mm -hmm. they're disciplined. Their crops depend on how much they do, and if they back off and they're not on and they're not on, on the ball, they could lose their crops and lose their earnings. So that's what a farmer is. That's what we've known a farmer always to be. Okay, I interviewed him, and right beside him there was an, ex, uh, an EP agent, twenty plus years experience, and we were interviewing for an advanced security position. And as I'm asking questions to the both of them. I can clearly see that the EP agent has massive ego, massive. And in my experience, people that come into an organization with ego or start demonstrating ego are setting themselves up to fail very quickly. They know it all. We always tell people, we need you to be like a sponge that we can pour into. If you're already full and you're not willing to learn or whatever, then we can't work with you. And that's the truth because you know it all. You know it all you could you could be teaching us now and nobody knows as much as we've all been in the game and as much experience that we've had we're still learning every single day so nobody can ever say no at all but that's what the two candidates were anyways to cut the story short i ended up choosing the farmer over the agent and when my team first heard about it they're like you crazy like like you're you're gonna expect this person to be able to walk into this role i go look look at the skill, look at the heart, look what they do already, and factor that interview that I just had right now, this is the person. They were only with us for a year because they ended up getting onto the police service, and but they did some incredible work with us in that one year, incredible, incredible work, and I will still maintain to choose the path of uh, that, that is like the most unorthodox way, because if I can read somebody and see that their heart, And their desire is to help others. And that can demonstrate that they have humility and that we can pour into them. And they have been able to demonstrate work ethics through things that they do already. We will do everything else. And if you look at what police say, when they're looking for people, they'll say the exact same thing. They'll be like, we don't care for you to have all this. We're going to teach you that. Everything, I I tell us to our people all the time. Everything you know up to this point, unlearn it right now. We're about to pour into you. We're about to go into this right now where we're going to tell you what security means to us. And because we've already had a conversation and I brought you on, you bought into it, which means you can, you can start absorbing it. So that gym has been the reason why I can't provide 300 guards. It's because I need to make sure that every person coming in can come in and do it and have that exact same representation, that embodiment of what we look for. And I know that if they have that, our clients are going to be so happy and that will grow. And it will grow slower than a business coming in and taking over clients by storm but they're going to lose them they're going to lose them and essentially i always tell this to people it's a matter of time and i talk to this to our canadian audience Hmm. if you are doing everything that you're not supposed to do lead by profits don't care about the the quality eventually we will take your business eventually it will happen. And, and that's why I'm, I'm in no rush. I'm in no rush to take it. We will eventually take your business because people will be fed up with what you're offering as a product. There will be another one that they'll say, wait a second, this exists out there. And that's how we get our business guys. It's usually majority of it is by demonstrating what we're doing, why we're different and by referral, because that's where we find that we make the most impact is having substance. Yeah. And, and I
1: think the, the key thing there too, you know, is, is patience, right? It it, it is yes. so patience to to work on it and play the game of chess. You know, don't play checkers with your business. Play chess. And what I'm gathering is you you have a, a long term vision. You have goals, and you'll you'll get there. You're you're, you're continuously growing, but while you're there, you're ensuring. And basically, what you're hitting on the interview process is what we're talk- is is the attitude. You know, it's the attitude and, and the mindset. Because I agree with you. There's so many guys that can have the, the best record on paper. I mean, I, I've seen, uh, you know, Navy SEALs, EP agents there, and it's, it's great on paper. But the minute you put them in front of an interview and you start asking particular questions and then it's like, okay, this guy is just not going to fit. He's not going to fit with the culture of the organization, but he's also also not going to fit with the team or the client that you're looking to potentially, you know, put them with. And I tell people all the time, you know, from my perspective, ego is just a, uh, is an emotion that you have to keep in check because too much ego just makes you too emotional and too much emotion makes you irrational and no one ever makes a good decision in an irrational state of mind, which is why like Ben and I would you know different things we talk about is always respond professionally, don't respond emotionally. Emotion is just a terrible trigger. And absolutely I love that. Jim, yeah. I,
2: I, I, no, absolutely. I, kind of also kind of compliment what you're saying, I think also with that, why so many people fail, and I'm not just talking about our industry, in general, is because they're looking for the quickest, fastest way to get something. And they're looking at it from a very short-term perspective. They're not thinking of it long-term. And, and that's yeah. what plagues many, many people is that they want something now. I just started, yeah. but I should be this now. And they'll make a move that will actually haunt them because they're thinking short-term, which will actually now haunt any possible possibility of your long-term goal because of what you did in your short-term. So. I think these are the these are why I preach on these things so much is because I hate to see people come to us
1: make a really bad move because they just saw what was in the moment now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And and it's not even a clear picture in that moment. The the glass is still fuzzy. And and I'm with you because I see that all the time. I see guys that will come in, they'll take like an entry level arm type security position, and they want to all of a sudden be on a travel EP team. They want to do what they see or hear as a cool guy stuff, and it's like. Look, there is a process. There is a process right. of putting you through these particular roles in a security industry. I, I call it and tell people it's getting brilliant at the basics, right? Because if you can't do the basic entry level type job of what we need in the security industry and do that well, do it proficient, get it processed in your subconscious that you are doing that repeatedly and well over and over again, then I can't put you into these advanced things. But they, like you said, it's this world of tech and instant gratification. People think, one, at least we're seeing it here in the States. People think that when they come interview with you, that they're doing you the favor. And it's like, you know, there's times when I was growing up, you're in for a job, you know you know what I mean? Like, you're just thankful for that interview and, you know, and appreciating someone's time. Now it's more like, well, you're welcome. I decided to show up today to come sit in on your interview. It's like, you know, right there. It's like, right. we're not, you we don't even have to start the interview today. You can go ahead. Thank you for your time. Have a good day because you already demonstrated and shown you're not the right person, but yeah, that, that, that short, that short sightedness is so common because I see all the time. I I use the word patience a lot and people get Mm. like, you have to be patient. You're going to have to put in the work. You're going to have to get comfortable being uncomfortable, learning the basics, get them skills. You know, it seems like people, like sometimes like, yeah, I, I like doing the entry level stuff because it gets me back into the skill set and working on certain skills that maybe I get out of touch with when I'm sitting behind the desk for a while. That's why I like going mm. operational and moving and doing things, right? Because we still got to know, like you said, Constant. we're always learning. Everything's evolving. Right. Tech's evolving. The industry's evolving. The minute you think you know it all, you, you just, you, you failed. You hit that so clearly. Um, I think it was uh, Christian West that said it a while back. It was a good quote. He was like, the minute you call yourself an expert in anything, you become an X in that field. You know, and it was just it just rung it just rung so true because you're already capping yourself off, right? You're like, okay, I've hit max capacity. There's nothing more that I can learn, so I, I'm tuning out. I'm shutting off, and you can't tell me any different. Where those of us that are going to succeed prosper, and prosper no knowing, look. What we've done today is going to change tomorrow. Technology is going to change tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The way we do an advance here, you know, I mean, I haven't been to Toronto, but I would say Toronto today, as opposed to 20 years ago, if you're trying to do an advance or work that city the same way you did 20 years ago, now you're going to be very unsuccessful at it because the scope and landscape of that has changed. Different areas in the That's cities right. have changed. You know, the, the people have changed in one way or another, Right. you know, right, so exactly. And one of the most, I think, things that are looked at, like Ben and I are looking at, because we're looking to re, re-emphasize and design the whole soft skills training people tend to neglect, is, you know, communications is a skill. But that's a big thing with some of these guys. with ego They don't know how to properly communicate. They don't know how to get certain things and protect that confident information, how to work through certain things when it comes to those behavioral cues, understanding situational awareness. And the key to being good at situational awareness is being self-aware and like you said if you've right. got a 20-year guy with that kind of ego with attitude he's he's demonstrated to me he's got zero self-awareness and if you got that's zero right. support of how you're right. presenting what you're going on then okay that to me that's already an x because you're neglecting the most basic part which is you got to do that work on yourself that's what is going to transfer the mindset that's what's going to calibrate the machine to work effectively you know and if we're not right properly taking care of and doing that maintenance on ourselves understanding what triggers what may bias us in any of these different events then okay well then we're we're no good to you you know at at some point we're going to be due for maintenance and we didn't do the proper maintenance and it's going to be time for us to be put out to pasture and you you need to upgrade to a a new machine right and uh you know the the mindset is just mindset attitude is is so so huge skills can be taught I'm glad Mm. you I thought you're probably going to hire that farmer in the story. It definitely made sense to, because like you said, a work ethic, he gets up, you know, you're going to get someone that's going to give you tireless effort. If they believe in your mission, you're going to get a good thing. And then, then when you develop his skill set, and then he comes out and you've invested in him, you just got someone that's going to continue to invest in you and in your vision. That's not think thing you going to get either, right? Like it comes down right. to, I mean, Ben, you probably, you know, that's right. Basic human needs. You know, take the time to understand okay. their need when they're presenting an interview, what motivates them? Is it the money that motivates them? Is it the passion for one to make a difference in the community, being a part of something bigger than themselves? Is it the education and learning that you're offering that's a motivator? You know, and once you understand what their motivating factors are, then it's even so much easier to lead them and guide them to where you want with your vision because you know what's gonna continuously to make them happy and make them come to work for you. You know, it could be the fact right. that Constantine gives out a free book every three months for them to read. And there's someone that's passionate about reading and learning. And they know, man, every three months I get a cool new book to read, you know, and I get this new fire in my belly. I know now and he's really invested in me to be a leader. I always wanted to become a good leader. And I have these opportunities here. And and I mm. love what you guys are doing because it's a whole back to what I said earlier. If we what if we train them and they leave and what if we don't if they stay? Well, you're, you're training them and they are staying and they might stay for a right. year, like you said, and go to the police force. But you know what? For you and your passion, and this is what a good business owner is, right, is knowing and supporting those people. Hey, I'm glad you gave us the opportunity. I'm glad you grew with us. And then sometimes people will, will stay with you, but it's also in life, right, in general. People will grow with you to a point and then they move on. Not that it's anything bad, right. but hey, man, I'm glad we were here to grow with you when you needed growth the most. And I'm glad we are able to get you where you're going. I wish you the best of luck. And like you say, they remember that. And then when they got a buddy that goes, hey man, you know, I'm stuck on the fence and I like to do what you're doing. How did you do it? Well, here's this really cool thing. You go down to Sentinel over here and you talk to Constantine and these guys, but I'm going to tell you right off the bat, go in there with a good attitude. If you go in there with the right attitude, those guys will treat you right and you'll be here where I am. And then you, like you said, you just, you just build that and you're just changing a broken system One person at a time. And it's just, if we can just get more people into this philosophy, because I think it's just phenomenal because I see it all the time. I hear it all the time. I travel in the States and it's like, okay, I hear the problems. What's your solutions? What are you doing about it? And a lot of people just gripe to gripe. So it's very, for me, very refreshing when you hear hear a guy that comes from a diverse background such as yourself, sees a need, feels a need not only looks at but 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 fills the need in in a proper manner with the right people the right values and is just you you guys really are making a huge change i've loved since i met you guys and talking to steve and the different guys you bring along you guys are just doing a phenomenal job and i wish i could just take you guys plug you and replicate that here in the u.s because i just think it would be a phenomenal thing we need it um yeah yeah i don't i really don't have much more to say there's just so much good things just to say about it ben you know You've been
0: kind of yeah, quiet. No, so right. job, <laughs> that's that, that's that's what kind of I feared uh, at the start. You know, I've learned by now with me and Jim, we, we're talkers, so uh, like it's best to uh, let, let 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 him go, let him let him wind him up and watch him go. You know, <laughs> but uh, I, I, also also as a viewer in this scenario, I wanted to kind of sit back and listen to you guys kind of spit because I I don't work in the in the EP side at all. Right, I, I, that's that's not my kind right. of field of expertise by any stretch of the imagination. So just just for me as well to be able to sit vicariously and listen, it's been it's yeah. been huge. And there's been a couple of moments where myself, I just got uh, listening, going, uh, "No, actually, I'm I'm sorry, I'm I'm being recorded here. I should be smiling, or, or you know, <laughs> or something else." And I, I'm just listening in, in that scenario, but any number of points uh, I could, I could kind of pick up on in, in this way. And I, I think what it boils down to is uh, just as much for the industry as it is for the particular people like, like that, like that EP guy in, the, in your interview story is to be able to learn. You have to admit that there are things that you don't know. And it, yeah. it takes, it takes a very particular kind of person to be able to do that. And me, me and Jim have uh, spoke about him a lot. There was a, uh, I was watching the Neil DeGrasse Tyson masterclass that he's done on the on the Mastergrass uh, on the masterclass, masterclass site, and um, he, he, he made reference to a story that if somebody were to give you a crystal and say, "This crystal cures all disease," and you went, "Oh my God, that's amazing, that's great." Or get that out of here. that's ridiculous. That is a crystal. Both are as intellectually lazy as each other in that scenario right. if you're presented with something that you don't know don't understand it is your responsibility to ask questions <laughs> about it uh, you know is it specific setting specific to whatever it is so in in the same way that when people come in their, their 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 aptitude for being able to accept information i would imagine is a is a is a pretty big factor in knowing how prevalent their ego is going to be or knowing how cooperative they're going to be on a team or how well they're going to be able to pay attention to this or bring in this this particular way of doing it. You see it all the time in in martial arts classes, as we've referenced them a couple of times, in that if you're going over a particular technique, one Rambo in the back is going, well, I wouldn't do it that way, I'd do it this way. Well, I wouldn't do it that way, I'd do it this way. Fab, <laughs> good for you. There was there's a there's a hypnotherapist friend of mine. Um, I love I love his story because he um, he's such a stoic, uh, like visually, facially. Anything you've got to bring to him, if it's uh, you know you're looking for a rise out of him, you're looking in the wrong place. <laughs> and a, a client uh, had asked him to come to come to their house to uh, I don't know stop smoking or wait or whatever it is the hypnotherapist go and do, and he he sat down with her, and she went, I'm sorry, I I, I had you recommended by a friend of mine. I, I don't think you'd be able to hypnotise me. I don't really think it's going to work. And so he went cool put her money back on the counter, walked out the door and went home. <laughs> he he was just not... He, he, that, those kind of battles for people that are unwilling to open... Like, I'm not interested in it. I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, it was two, three weeks later, he said, sure enough, she came back and she was like, oh, I've done some more reading about it. I've learned this about it. Fair enough. They went, they did the session. They had a great session as a result. So what I what, what particularly stuck out to me about you guys is that you're just more focused on doing well seemingly so please correct me if i'm wrong seemingly doing the right thing putting the right foot forward for the people every time rather than numbers and oh god we've got millions of followers on that like who, who cares that doesn't mean anything <laughs> it doesn't mean anything right. if, you're doing the right, if you're doing the right thing and that's such such a uh, such a, a wonderful thing to sit back and listen to. So I'm curious if I might if I might uh, uh, kind of paint a hypothetical picture for you. If there was uh, uh, somebody that you that whatever the hypothetical context might be that you had to work with and there was a bone of contention about their their mindset in that way, would that be an area that you would look look for things to improve for the person? Or look for things to change about the person in that way, because that's that's working with uh, you know a, a particularly contentious individual anyway. Are they going to be more receptive to hearing how they can do things better in order to you know eventually do them right, or or about <clears throat> the things that they need to change in order to be able to do them right? How would you tackle something like that? So if I was dealing with someone that um, had a mindset
2: that I'm just doing this to get paid. And that's it. I'm not working with you. For example, end of story done. I'm not looking to grow. You've made your position very clear to me. And uh, I'm not going to try to convince you. I'm not going to try to change you. That's who you are. However, if we now look at the mindset of an individual who's with us, who, or who wants to be with us, and they may say something on the lines of, here's how I would deal with the situation. I would deal with it like this. And I see that the situation is flawed, how they would respond. And then I said to them, "Well, what if you tried it like this? Do you think there may be an opportunity for a better reaction?" And they were to open and see it. If someone is willing, again, back to humility, to look at a different, uh, a different way of doing things that may be outside of their regular, but they're open to it. They're open to it, right? Um, That's willing. That's an example of a mindset that I'm willing to work with. The ones that I'm I'm not willing to work with are the ones that have the know-it-all. That are ones that are glaring egos. The ones that think truly, they are God's gift to the world, and, and to me, that—that's the part which is almost scary because it's like, man, like, like, you, like, a lot of times I will look at something and be like, why is this person like this, and they're in their forties? Have they not learned through their years? I, like, usually you'd expect something like that to happen to someone young, and then mm-hmm. evolve into something. But when someone is like growing, and they're getting older, and they're stuck in their ways, for example, and they're not, that's the one that I will very, I'll, I'll run away from them, I will flee from them, because I want nothing to do with them. And I'll give you another example, like, I'm really big on energy, meaning as in, um, you know, I want to be surrounded around people that are going to level me up that are going to create positivity, they're gonna, that are going to just keep like everything in a positive mindset when i start seeing people coming with a negative mindset mm. and it's so contained meaning it's like it's so bad i i i clearly cut things off at that level because i know that they have the ability and it's scientifically proven that someone that exposes or expels a negative energy can bring down the energy of someone that's happy yes. right and to me the reverse can also happen if i come in and i'm happy and i'm excited and i'm good your energy level are gonna increase because of what I'm doing, right? Think about it. If you're having a rough, bad day and you had to happen to put on a social media, YouTube clip of something funny, or you go to a comedy show, it's gonna snap you out because the crowd's laughing. You're gonna maybe like, you might be like, hmm. and then suddenly you start raking and then suddenly you forget why you're mad or why you're upset, the exact same thing. So I'm so protective of who represents us Because one bad person can, as they say, one bad apple can start spoiling the whole bunch just like that. So it really depends, Ben, on how the mindset is working and to what it's working for, where I'll be determined, this is fixable, this is not.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. I love that. That's, that's, Yeah. what what, what came across the most about, about your response there is that, look, this is this is how we work in terms of the benefit for who we are, what we do, and the benefit of the people that we get to work with. That is irrefutably not moving primary job number one, right? And, and that's that's right. the only way that that's going to seep out. I love that. I was thinking about that earlier. I love that you circled back to that. The infectious nature of of emotion, really. You know, if, yes. if I'm surrounded yeah. by somebody who's full belly laughing, if I don't really know what they're laughing about. I might start chuckling as well. Right. So if you're working hard, right. openly, cooperatively, that's going to seep through in, in that in that particular way. It's the, the Rambo thing. My, my very first martial arts school ever years ago, my 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 my, uh, my coach had a, a sign above the door that just said no Rambo's. <laughs> it's just when yeah, it said yeah. anyone that walked in, they were tip tapping, flashing. They were politely and sometimes physically uh, asked to leave because they they would harm everyone's yeah. everyone's growth and and and, and skill yeah. uh, skill development uh, as as a result in that area I, I just love it i love it so much it reminds yeah. me of the um yes. i think he, i think it was russell branson i don't necessarily agree with him a lot but this particular quote which was um a, a, a train your people well enough that they can leave treat them well enough that they don't want to and mm. that's I, that it's, Great. if we could kind of get that kind of concept into pretty much most industries, to be fair, but particular to, to, to this one, to ours. Ah, oh, think, think mm-hmm. of just think of the things that we could do when everyone was motivated that's towards right. doing the right thing, as opposed to being number one in this area or an expert in this area. Okay, cool. You've yeah. said to me you've stopped learning. Cool. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I'm going to keep. I'm going. I'm going to keep improving. Enjoy eating my dust on the way past.
1: <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. exactly. the, huge, the huge thing with that is knowing when to, to cut the cords on certain people. I, I love that because I'm I'm with you on the energy aspect. I've over the years become more and more protective of it. We know who gets your energy, who gets your time, and it is all goes back to it, it's a mindset thing because you you have the ability mm. to choose whether or not something is going to affect you you know, positively or, or negatively, or if it even garners a reaction to you at all, which is an emotional response, right? We're, we're in control of those things. Again, that goes back to self-awareness and what you're willing to accept right. because that would be one of my biggest things all the time. You know, you talk to someone and you're like, oh, you know, I had a, a bad day. And then you you give them, you know, you reframe their, you know, little perspective and go a bad day. There's 24 hours in a day. So you had a bad 24 hours. did you have like a bad two minutes, a bad 45 seconds, maybe a bad hour out of a 24 hour day? Yeah. And they're like, well, you know, it was a bad couple minutes. I'm like, you're gonna let then a couple minutes out of a 24 hour day keep you in this, you know, frame of mind that's gonna keep you from getting your tasks done or being present in a moment with your family or your kids or work, you know, you're gonna let that affect your mood that much. You know, why is that little event, that minuscule moment in time going to have that much power and effect over you? And I think once you start changing perspective on that, it's like, you know, I think it was, it was like a Tom Hanks thing. They were doing like a table dinner. Like I wish he would have learned earlier in life was the, the phrase, this too shall pass. You know he's like yes. having a bad moment you know this too shall pass or this this you know things are great it'll pass always know life is ebb and flow right it's going to be so much of these different right. moments but we have and choose how we respond to those and if you can find which i think was what we all connect to Constantine, it's almost like a lot of us in this industry there's a small group that come together and the relationship stays like you know i only maybe have gotten to see in the last couple of years i see constantine maybe once a year but I'll message him periodically, mm-hmm. or we'll talk, and we can jump on here. But he's one of those guys. If he called me tomorrow and needed something, I'd be there. Just you just know when you connect with the right people, and then you might not get to see them right. often. But you know when I see them, mm-hmm. the conversation is going to be good, and you're doing great things, and you support, and you're always like cheering for those people from from afar. And there's there's right. not many of us out here, at least from what I found. There's there's just not too many of us out there that are generally cheering for our teammates. You know, it's like. You, there, there's so much. If you're looking from a business perspective, there, there's so much business. People are like, oh, this, the field is, yeah, you, know, you have a lot of business, but there's there's so much work out there. Like it's not competition. I look at it. If if Constantine and I can get together on a project, we're a force multiplier. I don't I don't see another guy as a competition. I look at it as, no, now you're going to get two great companies. Or, you know, me and Constantine, one other company like mine are like, hey, now you've got another, you got three great companies, of course, multiplier, And now we're doing, we're driving everything up because we have this in which we're getting, you're just going to continue to drive and get this immersion quality of training and people. And like, that's what is needed. And if you have more people doing it and just coming together, it's just like, man. So much good can happen in the world. It's just getting there and things, which is why I'm, I'm very particular who I work with, who I work for, because it's the same thing, being protective of that. I'm very passionate in what I train, what I teach, and I don't want things that are going to take away everything that you work so hard for. You know, like you say with Saturday, right. you know, we're very particular in what we're hiring. Yeah, I, I get it. You may have a bad day. Your mindset may shift a little bit because maybe you had a personal experience or something happened. But that's where if you got good supervisors, good people paying attention, understanding their people. You pick up on those behavioral shifts and cues and you notice that Susie all of a sudden the last couple of days in her shifts hasn't been her normal self. It doesn't take much for someone to say, Hey Susie, how you been? You don't you don't sneak into everything good? And just seeing somebody, acknowledging somebody, I mean, those are game changers and that changes the mindset, changes the attitude, because people underestimate the value of someone actually being seen, heard, and acknowledged. And that's a big key part right. of prevention when it comes to some of these events, you know, that are happening in the, in the, the states with the active shooter events, the prevention part. Mm-hmm. There's always a sign, there's always a clue, but no one is stepping in and saying, hey, John, you know, you haven't been uh, the same here since you didn't get the promotion. How's, how's things, you know, and open up that conversation like, damn, someone noticed that... Uh, I haven't been myself. And then that maybe triggers them, you know, it brings that self-awareness into it. And like, there's, there's just so many aspects around, around humans that if we just paid yeah. a little more attention, look after one another, I mean, you're just going to just continue to grow this, this process. You uh, know, I'll jump off the, the soapbox there. Cause I think we've got a lot of good information. Oh, I, I love the interview aspect. That, that's one less thing I want to touch on. So I love the fact that yeah. you said you're, you're interviewing the guys together, so I would, I would then, if I had a safe assumption, by doing that, one, you're getting a good real-time assessment of candidates along each other. But I would yes. also assume you're also weeding out those people that have Google searched resume questions, and you're exactly. no longer, you're no longer getting those consistent what they want to hear answers because now they've heard someone next to them speak on it. And now if it's what they kind of had already prepped, they're like, man, well, I can't give the same answer as Joe. So now I have to actually come up with my own genuine answer. So I think you're you're going to kind of get more of the natural person out of them because it's a reverse panel, right? Because it's you and the candidates as opposed to most law enforcement panels is one applicant comes in and sits down in front of a panel of like five, you know, law enforcement administrators. So it's usually all the pressure Mm -hmm. on that when in turn it's like now you actually are. Are changing that dynamic, which I think is phenomenal. I don't think I've heard of uh, pe- many people doing that. I think you might be a pioneer or innovator in that because <laughs> I, I haven't, I haven't yeah. heard it, but it's it makes it makes a hundred percent sense because you're going to get a different feel for that person. And like you said, he I might catch that side eye, that one guy who gives that good answer. You know, you can pick up and go, okay, you can see how this person's responding to someone that may be more yeah. qualified than them or less qualified than them. So you start to get a really good, uh, nonverbal read of people. And then when it's their turn, it's like, that's I feel right. like that, that, that's a good perspective of getting a, a good feel of who your potential applicants are because, that's right, uh, that's right. yeah. And then the, the primacy recency effect, they always used to tell you, right. Uh, Don't be the guy that gets interviewed in the middle of the day. You either want to be the first interviewer or the last interviewer of the day, because typically if you're sitting there on those panels, if you're the first guy that comes in, you can set the tone. But if you're the last guy that comes in, you know, same thing, you could finish off and get all that attention on you if you interview well. But if you're in the middle, they tend to kind of forget a lot of those guys in there, you know? So what you've done is you kind of put them in a line and said, okay, I don't have to worry about going through my notes and trying to remember who my 930 interview was. I've got three guys right here and I've knocked them out and out of these three I've already have now rated them 1 through 3 and in the next group and right. now you've got a better a better system of how you can process applicants. I think that's phenomenal. I like it. Yeah man. Try it out. You'll love it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give away got, all these tricks. I've got, I've, sequence, got a whole, Jim. I've got a whole I've, I've got a whole bunch of different uh, Questions and stuff that I use that gauge, you know, and I connect the, the subconscious and the conscious to having a good, open, honest, truthful interview. <laughs> right. But I, I like I like to add, I like to add that to that approach because it'd be probably get a lot more out of some assessments. It'd be a lot more fun to do. I like yeah, it. Man. Yeah. So I was. So I was if anyone anyone's it. listening, there's a golden nugget. If you're interviewing <laughs> folks, there's there's something for you to try. You might People be pleasantly are, surprised you with go. what you're do. this down. <laughs> right.
0: There so, I was I was just curious then, uh, uh, Constantine, if so, you know, if we were looking at the big five, it'd be openness. If we were looking at Schwartz's values, it might be stimulation and self self direction. Call it whatever you want. But if if somebody was looking to try and be more open, be more willing, be more receptive to these kinds of changes, what are some of the things that you would recommend that they do in order to open themselves up a little bit more to that way of life, dare I say.
2: So we, part of what we, and I'm assuming that that person has given us enough, uh, meat and potatoes to get past the interview stage, uh, for us, we have in our, in our training. So we do a lot of the training that you referenced to Steve Somerville, the stay safe training. Uh, yeah. A lot of his training and, uh, and research is built around empathy, right. and having the ability to, uh, you know, look at things in an empathetic way to give the best response. Um, A lot of the stuff that we would do would be through an orientation, and we would uh, go through a lot of the stuff that we look for in people when it comes to body language, when it comes to, you know, the way you communicate, Um, you know, it's not just like a, you got to do this. It's like, we want to put you through a series of information overload. And then what we would do in our second day of training is we would start putting scenarios around you, we bring in an actor, and we would now have you uh, put in these situations where we can see put to the test right now, everything that you've learned and absorbed and we've coached you, can you apply that to this scenario, you'd be surprised, you would think that everyone would come in and right away get it because this is a test, like if there's an actor, I'll just I'll fake my answer. I'm but they get lost into the realism of the scenario. and But we do use the coaching ability. So, as long as someone is humble to acknowledge that the way that we need to have it done is the way that we're kind of pushing out and they're open to that, uh, we will do well. But it, it, again, it, it, it's the ego that usually crushes that uh, or the disinterest, meaning as in someone doesn't see the value. I don't really want to do this. I just want to. And, and, and that, by the way, would weed them up as well in that stage. So there's a lot of layers to it. I think it's just a matter of like just finding that person that is willing to come in. And, and if we go back full circle of what we look for, and that is to be the protector and have it inside you, uh, if, we, if we can identify that, I think the rest is just gonna come to you. And it's just a matter of having that open mind to receive. You know what I mean? And just, that's, that's where humility comes into place. Yeah. Love it.
0: Love it. Thank you. Sincerely. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I appreciate Uh, it. So, yeah, guys, that brings us to the end of of another tumble down the rabbit hole, shall we say, of development within the security world. Thank you so much to Constantine uh, for being here today and sharing uh, just valuable uh, insight not only in terms of the security world but the personal world uh, as well mm. in terms of your 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 connection and your ability to have an effect on those around you it, there's there's been a lot of uh, it's a biased point i grant you but there's been a lot of a lot of gold shared for me uh, uh today i've taken a lot away from this so so seriously thank you very much for for those people that are out there that are looking to stay in touch with the, what your work and what you what you're doing, what you're what you're getting up to, where is the best place for them to stay in contact with you or within easy reach? Okay,
2: so for us, you know, if one if people want to get an idea of who we are as an organization, as a company, that would be sentinelsecurityplus.com. dot com, and if you wanted just to tap into a lot of the messaging uh, that we spoke about today that would be through our platform, The Sentinel Mindset. Um, it is also found on our website, but if you put in The Sentinel Mindset on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, any podcast, you will also be able to pull up things. We do a lot of video as well as, as We just love to bring and capture, uh, you know, what's happening around the world. I'm uh, really thankful to both of you guys for uh, having me on the show today. I can clearly see you guys are both passionate about the industry as well. And uh, I'm glad that you guys are creating a platform for people to kind of share, and uh, you know, create this contagious community.
0: That's right. Love it. Love it. Jerry Springer couldn't have put the final thoughts better. Thank you very much, sir. (laughs) Um, So, with with that in mind, guys, guys, it's it's the uh, it's the usual part. Uh, If you enjoyed this, drop a few comments down below. Let us know what you learned. Uh, more so than anything else from today's episode make sure that you subscribe to every available platform that you can it might seem like a little insignificant thing that everybody asks for you to be able to do but it really does help us be able to bring podcasts and episodes and wonderful people like Constantine to your faces and your screens so that you can uh, you can learn from their journeys as well so with that in mind we're going to love you and leave you and we will see you next time take care Beautiful. Thank you guys. Have a great one.
2: Take care.